Good evening, Bethlehem and saints of God. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, or maybe even good night or whatever time you tuned into our Wednesday Zoom Bible study. My name is Pastor Michael Eaton, and I'm the host for today's program, as well as I serve as the senior pastor of the Bethlehem Baptist Church. And before we get into our Bible study tonight, I want to extend the personal invitation for you to visit us right here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church. Our address is 311 North Dunbar. Again, our address is 311 North Dunbar. We'd love to see your face in this place this coming Sunday at the 11 a.m. service. Better yet, come at 10 a.m. for Sunday school. We'd love to see your face at the place. Bring a family member or a friend with you and join us right here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church. You can visit our website at www.heargodsword at Bethlehem.com. Again, our website is www.heargodsword at Bethlehem.com. And there you can get to know us. And once you get to know us, scroll down to the bottom of the site, click the Facebook tab, the Instagram tab, the Twitter tab, the LinkedIn tab, and follow or friend us in what I call Cyber Church. We'd love for you to be a part of our Cyber Church family, but ultimately, we've been praying to see your face in this place. Again, you have joined us on Wednesday, and it's Wednesday, December the 13th, 2023. And our Bible study is meant to be a time from 6 p.m. to 6.40, but we move as the Holy Spirit leads. Uh, for you first-timers, we're going to have an opening prayer, announcements, uh, the reading of the word, the introduction video, the Bible study itself, the invitation, and the benediction. So let's go ahead and open up in a word of prayer. Father, we come once again on another Wednesday night the middle of the week, and many of us need to hear from you. Many of us need a refreshment. Many of us need a fruiting. Uh, many of us need the power to make it through to the weekend. And we come tonight committing ourselves unto you, asking you to forgive us our sins, wash us and cleanse us, that we might be in right relationship with you, that we might be in right fellowship with you, that we may tonight, this morning, this evening, or whenever a click, uh, hear a word from the Lord. We need thee, Father, or oh, we need thee right now, Lord. In Jesus' name, move and work by the power of your Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen, and praise the Lord. As always, Bethlehem, we believe it happens after prayer, and usually we're in a period each week of fasting and praying, but because of Advent, because we're celebrating the joy to the world, uh, we're going to celebrate in the month of December. So we're not fasting and praying, but we are praying. I sent out the prayer list via the pastor's text yesterday, and I'll send it out again uh, tomorrow. And we want you to intercede on behalf of those who are listed, because somebody on that list uh, need a touch 
from the Lord. If you need to be on that list, let me know and we'll put you there or loved one. Um, but we're going to be praying all week uh, for the saints. And not only that, I've asked uh, for you uh, prayer warriors to intercede on behalf of the conference that Sister Eton is planning in January, January the 18th through the 20th for the First Ladies, Ministers, Wives, and Widows. They're going to have a conference out at the Chickasaw Retreat. And if you're a First Lady, a Minister's Wives, or Widow, uh, we want you to visit the site, uh, chickasawretreat.com and take a look at where God is calling you to meet him. Many of you first ladies, ministers, wives, and, and widows have poured your life out into our churches. And many times it's behind the scenes. Uh, many times you take care of the pastor, you do all kinds of things around the church and in the community. And we want to celebrate you, not only celebrate you, we want to pour into you as you have uh, throughout 2023 poured yourselves out into others. Everybody needs uh, to be filled. Everybody needs to be impacted. So first ladies, ministers, wives, and ministers, uh, widows, uh, we want to see you at this retreat. Get in contact with Sister Eton, and she'll give you details about this conference. We want you, Bethlehem and Saints, prayer warriors, to intercede on behalf of this conference. Tonight, uh, we are going to continue in a series that I've entitled The Unlikely Series. The Unlikely Series. And one of the things that I, I do like about uh, the Christmas holiday, and, and, and I've said Sunday sometimes, the the movies kind of get it wrong uh, about the reason for the season. But one thing seems to be evident is that uh, people believe miracles happen or can happen during Christmas time. And, and that's a biblical belief because there were some great miracles that were happening to unlikely people as Luke has led us this month through his advent in the unlikely series. And this month, we're going to learn from the Christmas stories about how God used unlikely people to manifest the greatest love story ever told. John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And we're gonna see some unlikely people being used of God during this season. We saw Zechariah, an unlikely sire or father. He was an old man. We saw Elizabeth thus far, and she was an old woman, an unlikely source of mother. And she was an older woman. And then Sunday, we took a look at uh, Mary, an unlikely servant who would be the mother of the coming king. And she was young and married and a virgin. And God was going to use her to bring forth a savior. 
And I encourage you to go look at that either on YouTube or through our podcast. If you didn't get a chance to see that, we're going to look at John, an unlikely son. Why is he an unlikely son? He's unlikely because his parents were old. He's a miracle birth. And we're going to, throughout this season, going to see Caesar Augustus, an unlikely statue. You see, Mary and uh, the Messiah had to be born in Bethlehem. We showed you Sunday, they were in Nazareth. Uh, probably about a four days journey for grown men to make. And, uh, but it was this unlikely statue that got them in a place that they needed to be. We're going to look at Joseph, a unlikely stepfather and joseph had a crisis throughout all of this uh, and then on december the 24th right before christmas we're going to see jesus an unlikely savior and then we're going to come back uh, that following sunday you we're going to look at your story what is your story how does it pan out how does god want your story to pan out in 2024 you an unlikely story because God uses unlikely people. <clears throat> Tonight again, we're going to look at John, an unlikely son. Luke uh, chapter 1, verses 57 through 66. <clears throat> and I'm going to read that in your hearing. It says, when it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy. And they uh, shared her joy. And on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child. And they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, no, he is to be called John. They said to her, there is no one amongst our relatives who has that name. And then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like the name of the child. He asked for a writing tablet and uh, everyone and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. And immediately his mouth was open and his tongue set free. And he began to speak, praising God. And all the neighbors were filled with awe. And throughout the hill country of Judea, Judea people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, what then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. I read to you Luke chapter 1, verse 57 through 66. May God only bless the doers of his marvelous and magnificent word and Jesus' name tonight, this morning, this evening, this afternoon, whenever you watch or click to listen, message entitled John, a unlikely son. And we're going to talk on around three points. The Holy Spirit gives us other ones. We're going to talk about 
the joy of the birth of John, the jolt of the branding or naming of John, and the jubilation of the bash or celebration of John. Again, I'll talk around three points, the joy of the birth of John, the jolt of the branding of John, and the jubilation of the bash of John. We want Christians to know that Christians should celebrate the forerunning of Jesus. Christians should celebrate the forerunning of Jesus. We're going to look at this brief video and then we'll get into the word. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, No, he is to be called John. They said to her, There is no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet. And to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, His name is John. Immediately, his mouth was opened and his tongue set free, and he began to speak, praising God. All the neighbors were filled with awe, and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, what then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. His father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. Amen and praise the Lord. Amen and praise the Lord as I 
we continue to look at the maps during this advent uh, the christmas story according to luke really began with uh john the baptizer's parents and that's one thing that we don't see during the holiday season but but luke ties the birth of john and jesus uh, connectively together which is very interesting to think about um because that seems as we tell the story we don't tie the two but if you, you you're in the word of god and you teach the word of god it was very important uh, for john the baptizer to be born as a matter of fact it was very important because the prophecy about the messiah was that elijah would come first and i think us new testament believers don't really get into uh the what's going on in the text um because for most of us it, it's only about the new testament but we have to get into the Old Testament. That's why we cannot tell the story of Jesus without telling the story of John, because John the baptizer would be the Elisha. He would come like Elisha was the prophecy. He would be the Elisha in the text. So that's why uh, Luke had to start with John the Baptist because it was prophesied that there was somebody that was going to go before him in the spirit of Elijah. So uh, to tell the Christmas story, you really have to begin with John the Baptist or the baptizer. And that's why when we told the story about John, we, 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 we started in Jerusalem with Zechariah and Elizabeth and him being in the temple down here. And then it switched and it changed uh, to Nazareth up here as we went and looked at the story of Mary and Nazareth up here. And uh, before Jesus is born, it's gonna get switched down here to Bethlehem right here, but we're in the text somewhere around Jer Jerusalem. And it doesn't really say where Zechariah and Elizabeth stay, but it says somewhere in the hillside of Judea. And, you, and, and if you know this terrain, this is a mountainous terrain. So it, it could have been anywhere around Jerusalem. As a matter of fact, Jerusalem was on a mountain. So it could be anywhere in this area where we are in the story of the birth of John, because uh, it, it appears that Zechariah didn't live in Jerusalem. He lived somewhere around the hill country in Judea, in Judea. As you see, this is Judea right here. Nazareth was in Galilee. Um, so this is where we are on the maps. And this is why we start with the story of John in the Advent. And, and I need to tell all our writers, I'm a writer for our convention and uh, for other conventions. When you tell the story of an Advent, we must start with the story of John. Hello, somebody. But here, here we are talking about the birth of John the baptizer it, it was a period of joy the joy of the birth of john 
The text says her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord has shown her great mercy and they shared the joy. Now, let me tell you something. In my life, there has never, ever been, and I think for most of us, we can say that who are parents, there's never been a more joyous time as to when a child is born and especially the first child. The great parents learn and are joyous over the birth of all of their children, but the first child usually uh, gets the greatest amount of fanfare. And when my daughter was born, I could relate to this text because uh, it was so much joy and excitement and enthusiasm. There were so many people that wanted to, uh, to, to, to give to her when she was born. And we have, we have baby showers and boy did my family, friends, neighbors, um, they showered her with gifts and, uh, and, and this let me know that she was born of and from God because of the great enthusiasm and excitement that the people had for her. And I always like to tell uh, about her birth. They, they told us that she would be born with, uh, uh, I believe it was cerebral palsy, I think they told us back then. And they tried to get us um, to abort her because she would be born with a melody. And, and it really, really had me to really, really have to stand on the word of God and one of the biggest fights in our culture and our times is about abortion because people think or say that a woman should be able to control her body. As Christians, a woman don't control her body. Her body belongs to God as well as his. And if you are saved, God tells you what you do with your body. If you are sanctified with the Holy Spirit of God, you know that you don't have a choice in the matter of whether a child should be born or not, because the Bible does say that a child is formed in the mother's womb by God. And I had to stand on that word. Oh, and they said that she would be born with all kinds of melodies or whatever. And I had to stand on the word back then and and we and i didn't have anything back then i didn't even know how i was going to provide for her and 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 god i had to stand on the word of god and i stood on the word of god and she came and god showed up and showed out in her life to the point that when she graduated high school she was one of the top people to graduate they were trying to give her uh, scholarships. This child that was supposed to be born, I believe what they said, it was cerebral palsy, uh, is a child that was miraculous in Jesus' name. But there was great joy, like they were joyous with the birth of, of John, and they said the Lord has shown her great mercy. Why they say the Lord has shown her great mercy? Because she was old. She was an unlikely, I, I said, source, an unlikely mother. Uh, 
when I talked about Elizabeth last Wednesday, she was unlike, she was all that's called great mercy. Somebody's listening at the sound of my voice and you think that miracles, you're too old for miracles to happen. You, you think that you're too old for God to show up and show out. You think that your life is over and there is no more miracles, but God let us see during the advent that miracles do happen. That's why people are saying miracles happen at Christmas because it happened uh, during uh, the Bible advent. Uh, miracles were happening and God had shown her great mercy. Somebody tonight needs God to show you some great mercy to touch your body and make you whole again. Somebody needs some God to show some great mercy to all oh, to regulate your mind. Uh, somebody needs uh, God to show some great mercy to be Jehovah Jireh, our God who provides for your every need. You were thinking you wouldn't have a Christ. Don't you know that your God has the power to show not just mercy, hello somebody, but great mercy. Oh, we talk about mercy all the time, but in this Texas, great mercy. Oh, you are in it. Great mercy. The cancer has, has spread. You need not mercy, but some great mercy. You've already been laid off for six months and it's coming to Christmas. You need not mercy, but great mercy. You need God to show up and show out and do exceedingly abundantly above anything that you ask and think and imagine. You need that great mercy. Is that Anybody here, oh, who needs uh, some great mercy to get what God wants you to be, to get what you believe that God says you should be, you need some great mercy in Jesus' name. And they shared her joy. I mean, like I said, with the birth of my child, everybody shared, was excited. They shared her joy. Can you imagine? I mean, really, really, can you imagine um, a 70-year-old woman who's not was not able to give birth when she was in childbearing age, and all of a sudden, she gives birth out the blue to a child? Hello, somebody. That would be great joy and we would celebrate in that great joy in Jesus name. Reminds me of Ruth, uh, Ruth chapter four, verse 14. and says, then the woman said to Naomi, when she uh, had this miraculous birth, um, and, and, and she was one who was not able to give birth in her childbearing ages with her first husband, who died in Moab. Um, and she made a commitment to follow her mother-in-law. And that's Ruth. And, and Ruth was the one who was able to give birth, but uh, Ruth, uh, uh, they, they celebrated with joy that they combined the joy of Ruth uh, with Naomi because Naomi had been through so much. Naomi had lost uh, her husband, after she left Bethlehem, she had lost uh, her, her two sons uh, and she was destitute and heard that God was moving back uh, in, uh, oh, amongst the, the people of God in Jerusalem. Uh, 
and she went back, and by the time she got back to uh, oh Bethlehem, uh, oh, she wanted to change her name. She said, don't call me Naomi, which means sweet, call me Myra, for the Lord has dealt bitterly. For somebody's listening at the sound of my voice, uh, and you've had to wait so long for your blessing, wait so long for your miracle that you believe and have gone through a considerable amount of death. Oh, that to the point that you've gotten to the point that you were bitter and God had the audacity to show you some great mercy. And he showed you that great mercy to the point that people are rejoicing for you like they rejoice uh, for Naomi and said, blessed be the Lord who has not left you within this day without a kinsman redeemer. May his name become uh, famous in Israel, the birth of her grandbaby. Hello, uh, uh, yes, the birth of a grandbaby. There's so much celebration for Naomi. Hello, somebody. This was the kind of celebration it was for John because God is a God of great mercy and God is a God of great miracles. I better hurry up. I'm running out of time talking about tonight. John, an unlikely son. The jolt of the branding or the naming of the child. And this is another very interesting thing that happened in the text. And 61 says, and they said to her, there is no one amongst your relatives who has that name. Okay, and one of the most important things that we do uh, when we have children is to give them a name. And in this day and time, it was the man's job to give that name. And our job is the woman's job. And, and especially this newer generation is using no real true meaning of the name and they're, they're making it up. And uh, but in their day and times, you would usually you would name the child uh, uh, after a relative. And I noticed in in my family that there were two Nevas that that I know of. That's my aunt, aunt Neva, uh, and Madison seems to go out from generation to generation in my amongst my family. The name Madison. And, and 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 this culture, it seems like that uh, it, it, it was the same. You you named them after a relative before, and for them to want to name him John, it was a problem, as we read in the text. They were like, you don't have no relatives named uh, John, and parenthetically, John was a very common name. You know, we have uh, John uh, the baptizer in the Bible. We have John, which he uh, described himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. We had John Mark. It's a very common name, um, but it wasn't running in their family. So the joke of the branding was is that there had never been a John in a family. And they had a problem with it. You can't name. It was wrong. You can't do this. It was wrong. But guess what? 
um, God had told them what to name their son. Hello, somebody. And, 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 and that's what happens in Christianity. God will lead you to do something that ain't never been done before. And God would allow some stuff to happen that seems backwards. You know, and all the unlikely stories that we're going to listen to, it seems backwards to choose an old woman to give birth to a son, and especially a son that would be as important uh, like John, who would, be say, who would say that there was no other like him. Uh, you'd think that he would have chose a young woman, not an old woman, but that God does things that seems backwards uh, throughout this whole advent. And, and, and the backward stuff was the miraculous stuff that was going to happen. Let me say that again. The backward stuff was the miraculous stuff. Some of you think uh, you're going through a situation and it's backwards and you're wondering, why has God not shown up? You thought he was going to bless your business in the first year, and now you're in the second or third year and still haven't seen a prophet, but you believe that God calls you to start, called you to call to start that company, but God hasn't blessed it yet. It seems it's backwards. Uh, and there's somebody listening at sound of my voice in ministry, whether 501c3 organization or a God you felt God led you to start a church and and you thought that the day that you opened the church you thought that uh, all that the place would be filled but there's only a few people and you're beginning to wonder whether or not you heard from God and it seems backwards and you're struggling. There's a, other people that believe that God says that he was going to touch and heal your body, but he didn't do it miraculously. And you've got to take the medicine. You've got to change your diet. You've got to exercise. And it seems like, oh, that God is doing stuff backwards. And, and the people in their lives believe that God was doing. This ain't never been done before. Have we heard that in some of our churches? Maybe it had never been done before because God ain't never said for it to be done before. But now is the time to do what God says, even if it seems like it's backwards. Woo! A lot of churches are going through some backwards situation and backwards time. People ain't coming to church like they used to come, and it seems backwards. They uh, they just want to watch on television. It seems backward or in the live stream. They're not. It, it seems backwards, but God is telling you, oh, to go forward even when it seems that it's backwards. Woo! I said something in that because you got to remember, and I think I quoted this text on Sunday. Isaiah 55 and 8 and 9. I, I think I just uh, quoted 55 and 8. Sunday says, for, I, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are, uh, neither are your ways. Hello, somebody. That's the God that we serve. He said it again. Let me say it again. My thoughts, this is God speaking. My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways. My ways declares the Lord as the heaven are higher than the earth. So are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts. Your thoughts. We've got to listen to what God says and we've got to do uh, stuff in the life of our church, stuff 
and the life of our family, stuff in the life of your company or your ministry. You've got to learn to do some stuff that ain't never been done before. He, he, he's trying to make your ministry like John, like something that has never been done before. But And he's telling you to do something that ain't never been done before. Like he told them to name him John, something that had never been done before. John, he, he did backwards stuff, chose an old woman to give a birth to a child backwards. But God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither my ways are your ways, declares the Lord. Oh, what you've got to do is to do what I said, do. And Elizabeth said, hey, because remember Zechariah and his encounter in the temple with the angel had lost his voice. Uh, because he really didn't, didn't believe like he should have believed. And he had lost his voice up to that time. And Mary had to be his voice and say, hey, this child's name is John. But they wouldn't listen to him because it was the father's job to name the child. And parenthetically, I named my child uh, 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 Crystal. And it's Christ all. Christ all. Christ for all is the meaning of her name. And and, and 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 they had to get to the father, and the father didn't have a voice, so he had to write that name down. And they said he had to let them know, hey, she was right. His name is John. Hello, somebody. This is God at work. And we got to love, we got to do things the way God says to do it. Let me say it again for the church. This is the church is God's work. And if we want to be fruitful in our ministry, we got to do things God's way. We have to obey the word of God to be blessed by God in Jesus name. Jesus name. Live in a time where people want to live and do things in their own ways. People are denying their own birthrights. They they were born a, a, a boy, but say they identify as a girl. And God gave them a pronoun, but they have pronoun themselves. Hello, somebody. Uh, God gave them and made them into the image of himself. And we've got to do things God's way. The boy's name is John, and that's what he's going to be called because that's what God said. I know it ain't never been done in a family before. Oh, but it's going to be done now because God says it. My last point is I, I am really out of time. John, an unlikely son, the jubilation of the bash or of the celebration. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, what then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. This, this, this is unique. This is unique. They believe that God's hand was with him at the birth. Hello, somebody. How did they how did they come to the conclusion that God's hand was with him and he just been born? It's because he was born out of such a miraculous situation. God's hand is with him because his daddy was old. Hello, somebody. Because his mother was old. Because of that great mercy that God enabled them to 
conceive and give birth to a son, they already came to the conclusion that God's hand was with him at his birth. This was a unique bash or celebration because of what God has done. And that's how we began to celebrate this holiday season to believe that God's hand uh, was, was with him. And we can believe today, those of us who named the name of Jesus Christ, there was a jubilant bash when you gave your life to Jesus Christ. Uh, oh, there was a great celebration amongst the people of the body of God and all of heaven and earth is excited about your being born and it's a great bash and then have you ever been around a new believer he has or she has so much joy unspeakable joy and they go around wanting to let everybody know about the lord that they gave them life their lives to oh it's always good to have new believers amongst us a new birth just like with a child it's always exciting in the regular world to have a new birth of a child and so it is uh, uh, with the birth of a saint uh, we celebrate and we believe that god's hand is with you and somebody tonight had to be reminded that you've been born again and because you were born again god's hand uh, was with you you may be going through a, a horrible amount of pain right now but god sent me here to remind you that god's hand uh, is with you You may be going through some turbulent times uh, or you may not even have any joy but god says tonight that my hand uh, is with you and uh, jesus name don't allow the devil oh to duke you out of your joy don't allow the devil to trick you out of your blessings your hope faith and love don't allow the devil that's why we can't look at the circumstances many times in our lives we've got to keep our eyes on the lord and realize that god's hand is with us hello bethlehem don't you know that god's hand is with you in jesus name in Jesus' name, Acts talks about God's hand being with them. In Acts 11 and 21, the hand of the Lord was with them. And a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. God's hand was with them. Hello, somebody. And this is the kind of hand I want at the Bethlehem Baptist Church. God's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. That's what Christmas is all about. I sent out in the text about the tree there in the train depot at Paul's Valley, Oklahoma, and I, I need some Christian folk to go out there and put on all oh, their ornaments that Jesus is uh, the reason for the season. Now, um, it's good, and, and I love the tree. Got one right now. Sister Etan does lovely trees, lovely de decorations, but Jesus is the reason for the season. Go out there 
and on that tree, let the world know that Jesus is the reason for the season on your ornaments out there at the depot. Let folk know that Jesus is the reason on the tree of your heart and allow that ornament to come forth as we go around in this time where people are more joyous than normal and let them know why joy has come to the world. It's not about Buddha. It's not about, oh, Harry, it's not about Muhammad. It's not, oh, there are metal. It's not about Kwanzaa. It's not about Hanukkah because they don't even believe in Jesus. Hello, somebody. It's about Jesus Christ. The word of God says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life and if you're listening to me at the sound of my voice give your life to jesus christ in jesus name pray this simple prayer it's simple but life altering it's simple, but it must change your will. You, you have to give up your will for his will, like we had in the text. He may have wanted a Zachariah Jr., but God's will was that he be John. Hello, somebody. And, and, and that's what God does. When he comes in your life, he changes your will. And that's where the joy comes from. Pray this simple prayer. Dear Lord Jesus. I believe what the word of God has said, that, 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 that you gave your only begotten son, Jesus Christ, who we celebrate during the holiday season. I believe that Jesus was born and that he would later die for my sins, be buried and raised again on the third day so that today I might experience the hand of God on my life. I give my life to Jesus Christ right here and right now. In Jesus' name, amen. And praise the Lord. Amen and praise the Lord. If you pray that prayer uh, for the first time, and you're anywhere near Paul's Valley, Oklahoma. If you pray to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we're looking to see you this coming Sunday at the 11 a.m. service. And after I preach, I want you to come down and let me know that you gave your life to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And we'll welcome you to the body of Jesus Christ right here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church. You're anywhere near Paul's Valley, Garvin County, driving distance. You've been born into the body of Christ right here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church. There are other decisions that you can make tonight, this morning, this evening, or whenever you're listening or watching. Uh, you may be a part of the body here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church and pray that prayer, but you don't remember being baptized. Baptism is the first step of obedience. And in the text, we see how these parents obeyed God's word to name that child John. And that's what you've got to do. You've got to obey the word of God. This is the first step of obedience is to be baptized in Jesus' name. There's somebody's a part of our body. Maybe you've been coming every, every Sunday to church, but you've never joined as a member of the body of Christ right here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church. 
uh, we want you to go ahead and join. You come on down this coming Sunday. And after I finish preaching, just go down and say, hey, I want to become a part of the body of Jesus Christ right here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church. And we will accept you into the fold. Of course, Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And if you need prayer during this holiday season, we believe that God has the power to help you to make it through. And we are praying special prayers during this time because the holiday seasons can be very tumultuous, especially for those who will be looking for or looking to loved ones. It may be the first holiday season without mama, daddy, sister, brother, that person that was that would share this holiday season with you. We want to pray for you. They say um, suicide is at its hardest or at its highest rate during this time. We want to make sure the people of the body of Christ right here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church is encouraging the Lord. We want to intercede on behalf of you. You may have listened and, and said that, hey, I've been living my own life. I've been naming my own kids. Ooh, that's deep, isn't it? And but 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 tonight I want to rededicate my life to Jesus Christ. I want to obey him in every word or deed that I I need to rededicate. You could do that right now in the quietness of your home, your car, or however you're listening, and, and say, Hey, I'm going to be a better Christian in 2024. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus Christ. And lastly, you can accept the call right here have a heart for preachers and if god has called you to preach but god has called you to do something in the body of christ if you have not been serving god if you only come to church and leave and have not been doing for god in the church uh, then we want you to accept this call to go to work in jesus name once again i want to thank you for listening or watching our Wednesday Zoom Bible study. Uh, we're so glad that you have uh, joined us tonight. And we want you to pass this word on if it was encouraging to you. Uh, we want you to pass this word on. And as always, uh, Bethlehem, I want to challenge and encourage you to stay connected. See the suicide rate. And I've just released the, the hardboard hardback or now the paperback copy of my book on how to overcome loneliness how to overcome the psalms of loneliness uh, a look at loneliness through the book of psalm and one of the reasons why people can be, get so lonely and depressed during the holiday season is because they're not connected not connected to their families not connected to uh, the family they came from or not connected to the family that they've started, not uh, connected to their children's lives, and, and it could lead you in a lonely place. That's why I challenge us as a church to stay connected, stay connected to God's person, stay connected to God's precepts, and stay connected to God's people. We can be a cure. For those who experience loneliness during this holiday season, let me go ahead and give the benediction. Father God, we come right now thanking you, praising you, and glorifying your holy name. You're truly worthy to be praised. 
We ask, Lord, that you put your hedge of protection around us. Keep us safe from our harm and danger until we meet again. People of God said, amen. And praise the Lord. Beth Am, you are dismissed in Jesus' name.